0: in our government, in the United States of America and here in Texas as well, here in locally in Luling as well. We pray for the city council, the mayor and everybody to uh, have the wisdom of God for the decisions that, may, that they make uh, regarding our welfare. We pray that all of them would seek the wisdom of God for the important decisions that they make on our behalf. And so we pray that they would rule well and be fair and honest to all Americans they represent. Father, your will is... That we as Christians may live in peace. That's what the Word of God says. We, so we pray for unity to prevail in our government, our nation, our state, and our local community, and even in our homes. We pray that we would do all. We would all do our part to pray regularly for the fulfillment of the Great Commission, which you have commanded the church to actively be involved in today. Thank you, Father, for answering our prayers today in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. I've been in a series. Uh, We're in part 10 this morning. It's been a series called Passionately Presenting God's Grace and Truth. And the title of my sermon today is PC or BC, which means political correctness or Bible correctness. So that's the title of my message today. And I'm glad you're all here today to hear this because uh, I'm just, uh, man, I want to tell you something. We were talking about that movie. Mr. Rogers, that Mr. Rogers movie, it's called a, uh, a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, that's the name of it. But there were a few scenes, and I told somebody this this morning, there were a few scenes in that movie that you just you just felt the presence of God in that, in that whole theater. I mean, there were certain moments, and you if you go see it, you're going to know exactly which times I'm talking about. But uh, Mr. Rogers was an ordained minister. He really was. But uh, I don't. I remember I used to watch him come in the show. And you know how he did. He'd come in, take his shirt or his jacket off, put his sweater on, get his tennis shoes on, take his shoes off, put his tennis shoes on. And then that's when I'd get up. I That's enough of this. <laughs> you know, I, I wanted to watch, uh, what's his name, Daniel Boone or somebody like that. David Crockett. And so I didn't pay much attention to it. But uh, when I went to that movie and I saw that, and I saw how, what a what a nice man. I mean, that's just, uh, that's rare in our country today. That's rare anywhere, I think. But Mr. Rogers was a very nice man. Just a nice man. Don't you like nice people? Isn't it, isn't it more pleasant to be around nice people than old grumpy people? So, you know what I do? I, I mean, I just, I, y'all know me and I've been I've done this all my life. Somebody said I never grow up, and I don't. I don't care. I don't. I don't want to grow up. You know, I'm. I'm just who I am. And I remember when I first started pastoring, a lady came up to me and said, "Pastor, you don't need to tell jokes in church. It's just not a good place to." I said, "But that's who I am. My, my, our other pastor wasn't a joke teller, but I am." And 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 you know what God told me? He said. Alan, I didn't make you to be somebody else. I made you to be you. I created you to be you. And, and for everybody in this place, God made you to be you. Now, in saying that, you can't use the excuse, you can't use the excuse of of bad behavior and say, that's just the way I am. That's just who God made me. No, He didn't make you to do bad. You robbing banks, that's just the way God made me. No, He didn't make you to be bad. He didn't create you to be bad. He created you to love Him and worship Him above everything else. Now, that's the truth for everybody. Everybody. He made you in His image. He created us in His image. That's awesome to think about. But isn't it isn't it more fun? And I do this a lot of times. I, I go in public places where I don't know anybody. It's like in San Marcos or somewhere. I don't know people. I smile at everybody. And you know, I usually get a smile back. What? Or I get a, you know. <laughs> that guy must be weird. But but, I, but I smile. What does it hurt to give a smile? Amen. It, it, to, uh, you know what? If it makes somebody else, I heard a guy. Did y'all see the guy on the news this week who was feeding uh, squirrels and birds in the park somewhere in Pennsylvania or somewhere. I forget where it was. But it was on the news that he, he comes to the park every day. He feeds and he brings a sack of food. He brings this world, He feeds them by hand. They, they know his voice. He's got a certain way he calls them. And here they come to him. All these other people in the park. But he talks. Here they come. They know he's got food. And he said, Some of the people in the park think I'm crazy. But I make them smile. He said, I make at least 20 people a day smile. How many people a day are you, are you making smile? I want you, to, I want you to think about who God called you to be. And He called you to be nice. He didn't call you to be mean. And uh, we got a lot of mean people in the world today. But God loves them. And we should too. As Christians, we should love them too. Because God can do anything. He made you. And look how He straightened me out. He can straighten you out too. Amen? Amen? So, I just wanted to share that. Y'all got to go see that movie. It's just really good when you get a chance. So, I want to start off with a question for everyone. And here it is. Y'all thought that was my Herman already, but it's not. Oh, all I got is a few minutes. i got to go fast then. I'm not going to get through with this, so I'll have to. How many of y'all, here's the question. How many of y'all believe we ought to have a passion for Jesus? We ought to have a passion for Jesus in this world today. How many of you believe we ought to have a passion for His Word? Amen. For the Word of God? We ought to have a passion for it. And for the truth. How many think we ought to have a passion for the truth? Amen. Amen. And what about for people's eternal soul? Yeah. Do you think we ought to have a passion for that? Yeah. Not as many hands went up. Oh. <laughs> See, now, now that's, a good, that's a good thing though, because I want to tell you it's not a good thing, but it's, I wanna, that's where I want to go today. We ought to have a passion for Jesus, and we want that for ourselves. But we see our neighbors. We see those around us every day who are not where we are spiritually. And we don't want to judge people by, by their actions because we know we were we were there at one time in our lives. But God loves those people too, and He wants them to know God as much as you know God or wherever you are in your spiritual walk. God wants that for everybody. So we ought to have a passion for people's eternal souls. We ought, to, we ought to have Jesus. That's what people like about Jesus. When He came to the earth, uh, He made people mad. He was radical. He wasn't PC. Because the, the Romans were ruling in that era, and Herod was the king. He talked bad. He talked bad about him. Everybody gets all upset at Donald Trump for the names he calls people, but I don't. Have you ever read your Bible of what Jesus called people? Snakes, vipers, liars. You have your father, the devil. He said that publicly. No wonder they killed him. And no wonder they hate Donald Trump for the same reason. Listen, he is the first president in my lifetime. Probably everybody in here that has ever came out and told the news media you're fake news, and I've been knowing it all these years, but nobody's ever stood up and told them. Amen. Amen. So I'm I'm glad somebody's standing up, and you know, listen, God didn't call Donald Trump to be a, a perfect Christian because he's by far not. He's by far not. But God called him to clean house, I believe, politically. There were, there's corruption in our government that he is getting cleaned up. And some people think it's all him. <laughs> but the truth, I believe the truth is, he's, he's putting the spotlight in a lot of dark areas in our government that's needed cleaning up for many years. And, and y'all don't have to agree with me on that if you don't want to, but that's, that's the way I see it, okay? Jesus was Radical. He was passionate. He was loving. He was kind. He was full of grace and mercy. But He was also full of truth. And He brought truth. You remember the woman who was caught in the act of adultery? She came to Him. They were going to stone her. And they told Jesus, stone, she, she deserves to die because of her sin. Jesus was the one, the only one there who could have killed her. Who could have stoned her. Because He was the only one there without sin Himself. But what did He tell her? Your sins are forgiven. Oh, wait a minute. He hadn't gone to the cross yet. But he knew he was. He knew where. He knew what his destiny was. But he told her to go and sin no more. He didn't tell her, just go on and do it again. Go on and keep doing it. Just keep doing it. It's okay. You're forgiven. He didn't say that. He didn't say that. Sin is sin and it's going to have its consequences in your lifetime. There's a price to pay for sin in everybody's life. But Jesus told the truth and he said, your sins are forgiven. And he's, listen, today on this earth, he has forgiven the sins of every person on this planet. But not every person on this planet has received that forgiveness yet. They have to receive him in order to receive it. But he isn't, he's not given up. And he, he's called us, the church, to be his hands and feet in order to fulfill that mission, the great commission, mission is us and him together in this commission to get all of the earth saved. Wow, what a, what a, what a job. But we've got to, we've been called to do that. He brought truth because he knew what power there is in the truth of God's word. And, and I know now, I know now, I didn't know this as a child. And as a kid growing up, but I know now the power of his word, the transformational power of his word in my life. I know that now. He knew how lives can be miraculously transformed by knowing the truth of who God is and what he has, can and will do for everyone who believes. You might think you're just stuck in a rut and you're never going to get out. Well, you need to lean on Him. You need to trust in Him. He's the one who can take you out of your rut. So passion is what we need, but passion to freedom for others. We want a passion for others to be free. I say this all the time. Freedom is not the absence of your bad habits. Your bad actions. That's not what freedom is. Freedom is the presence of of God in your life. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And and if you're struggling in an area in your life, you need to trust Jesus. Now people say, well, it's not that easy. No, it's not. Now, I know it's not. But if you keep relying on him and in the midst of your temptation, he sends power, he sends ability, he sends no to you to say no. To your temptations he's the one it's not any, it's not going to come from anybody else and you have to trust him so passion is what we need not to continue in sin God doesn't want you to continue in sin he wants you set free from sin so we must and we must have a passion for righteousness for righteousness and I'm and I'm talking about in every area of our lives, you know, I, I've told you all this before, and some some new people here today, so you haven't heard this, but we, we walked into a picture show, my wife and I, some maybe 30 years ago, down in Carpus. We were on vacation, and we walked into this show. We didn't know what, what, was, what it was about. It looked good on the poster. We didn't even know. I don't remember what it was. But as soon as we sat in there, as soon as the movie started, there were some bad words right off the bat. Bad words. You know those words you just wouldn't ever mention around your mama. Those words. Non-stop. Yeah. And so we just said, Kim, we got to get out of here. We're not trash cans. We don't want that trash in us. So we got up and walked out of there. Didn't ask for our money. No, I don't want my money back. Uh, and we got up there and left. We, we And we we didn't have what we have today as far as a passion for righteousness then. But today... I have a passion for righteousness that it, it grieves me when I see the stuff happening in our world today. A lot of it, it grieves me. And and I just say, well, you know what? Really, the truth is a lot of people don't have that passion for righteousness that I have. And I'm not saying I'm somebody. But it, it, we need to have a passion for righteousness in our world today or it's just going to continue to go Down and down and down. So there are people today around the world who are proud of their sinful acts of lust. And there were in Jesus' day as well. They were there too. But he came to set them free and he still comes to set them free to this day. Freedom is available for anybody who wants it. Just because, listen, this listen, this is one of the biggest statements I'm going to make today. Just because many people don't believe in hell doesn't mean it's not real. Right. Just because you say, well, I just, you know, somebody says, you know, you keep that up, you're going to hell. Well, I just don't believe in hell. doesn't mean you're not still going there. I mean, you don't have to be like that. That's kind of mean without grace. <laughs> but I wouldn't tell people that. I wouldn't personally go up and tell them, you're going to hell. I wouldn't do that. But many people don't even know it or even care what Jesus came for today. They don't even care. Jesus is... I mean, God in, in many people's eyes is just nowhere. They have no knowledge of God, no, no want of God at all. I remember a black preacher used to say, you got to have a wants to... And you do. You've got to have a want to if you want to know Jesus. John one seventeen says this. Uh, For the law was given through Moses. You remember Moses came down the mountain with those tablets? That was the law of God. And he brought those to the people of God. So they could have a guide. They never could measure up to that guide. But he brought them to help them see. In order to live like these Commandments are written. We need, we're not going to ever be able to do it. So we need a Savior. So we needed Jesus. And we knew that. We Now we know that. We need Jesus. I'm never going to measure up to all those commandments. And there was, back then, the law, there was a 612, to, you know, never going to, 13. Never going to measure up. The Passion Bible says this. Okay, did I, Moses. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. When Jesus came to the earth and he died on the cross, he brought grace and truth. No more law. The law is still here, but the law was given to show us that we needed Jesus. The law was given to give us a guideline for our lives. It had a fulfillment, but Jesus was the fulfillment of the law. He came. And He presented us with grace and truth. He was and is grace and truth for us today. The Passion Translation says, Moses gave us the law, but Jesus, the Anointed One, unveils truth wrapped in tender mercy. Isn't that so good? That is so good. That's the truth. He loves us. He loves you. He loves you in your sin. He loves you in that. But He wants to set you free and deliver you out of it. Jesus knows everyone's sins, but He also knows He paid for all sin. And He knows God's Word can deliver anyone and everyone from their sin. Oh, Pastor, I wish I wouldn't have come today. (laughs) But let me make a point right here. This whole thing about righteousness and right standing with God has has nothing to do with politics. Nothing. Uh, you know, Donald Trump is a is a president of the United States, but he's not going to save us. He can help bring uh, correction to government agencies or whatever. He can help do that, and and uh, but he's not our savior, and we don't worship him. Uh, you know, we, people they, they we lift him up higher than we should on a on a pulpit, and he's not a preacher. He's not. And so I can't defend many of the things he says or does. I can't defend them as a Christian. I can't defend those things. And you know that. You know that. But uh, I, can't, I can't accept the alternatives either. As a, as a person who seeks after righteousness. It's all about us as Christians. Loving people into the kingdom of God. Living his, God's life through us. As a visible example for others to see and desire to come to God. That's what that's what our role is in this great commission. It's not about politics. But we have to be involved in electing politicians. Because otherwise we're going to have a rampant rule of ungodly rulers. And you can read scripture in the Bible where it says... When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. So apparently we are supposed to be involved in pol- in politics. Amen. And I'm glad we are. So but let me look I want us to look quickly again. I don't it's already twelve o'clock. I'm gonna just say a few things, I'm gonna get into part of this. Man, I'm only I'm only a, right at the first of my Anyway, that's okay. It's okay. It's good. What I've said is good so far. If that's all you get, you got it. Eight, Mark 8.15. Let's go there, Mark 8.15, real quick, because I've got, I got to get this point across, and then maybe if you like it enough, you'll come back next week and hear the rest. Then he charged them. Or Jesus was talking to his disciples, and he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. You remember, was it last? Oh, it's was about, how, when's the last time I preached? Was it Last week. You did it last week. It's been about three or four weeks ago. I talked about the leaven of Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. The leaven of the Pharisees is hypocrisy. You know how the Pharisees were the religious people in that day and they would go on around and be judging everybody's sin and they'd be pointing them and three fingers pointing back at them and they would be telling everybody what about their lifestyle and they need to change this and need to change that. But they were living dirty and filthy of their old selves. And Jesus told them to their faces, You brood of vipers. Whoa. Jesus charged his disciples saying, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. The leaven of Herod is politics. Herod was a king, a ruler, uh, put in place, put in position by Rome to oversee that area. And uh, you can't, let me tell you, the leaven of Pharisees, we got to beware. He was telling his disciples to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And and that was hypocrisy. Everybody says today, I don't want to go to church. There's too many hypocrites in there. And there are way too many. Listen, you can't be a hypocrite in life and expect to prosper in your relationships. Nobody can. Nobody can. In raising your children, you can't be a hypocrite and raise your children and tell them one thing and do another. You think your kids don't see?
1: They're not blind.
0: They only learn what they see and are taught. At the home especially. You can't be a hypocrite in your business. Word's going to get around. Word's going to spread. I wouldn't do business with those people. They're just, they say one thing and do another. You can't. Hi- hypocrisy is leaven that ruins the whole loaf. <laughs> Most importantly, in your spiritual relationship with God... You can't be a hypocrite. God knows everything. He knows you. He knows your heart. He knows where you are. You just can't be a hypocrite. And the leaven of Herod is politics. He was a king and he was an evil one at that. But Jesus is saying what I want to say here to us today. Beware of the hypocrisy and the politics and their influence in our lives today. We're more driven by politics than we are by the kingdom of God and we're Christians. Americans and, and I'm sure it's the same way in some other countries. We can't talk about politics without getting all riled up. How do you spell riled? I didn't even know how to spell. I just we get we can't talk politics. Did anybody get into a political discussion at Thanksgiving? Or did you avoid it like the plague? Yeah, we we didn't discuss it. We could have in our family. We could have really. No problems. But some people got Uncle Bill who believes this and believes that. You can't say nothing around him or he'll come all over you. But but if you start talking about when life begins in the womb or or about someone's sexual preferences, it's gotten so political that people who don't agree with the truth call you a right-wing homophobe. I mean... They've they've judged everything by what what us, we are, as Christians, believe. And they attack that. That's the leaven of Herod, where, where politics has influenced Christians and in our own lives. The leaven of Herod is rampant in our culture here in America and around the globe. They brought politics into the football games. I just wanted to see football. That's gotten into basketball. They bring politics. I don't know who brings it. Yes, I do. The devil. <laughs> He's the one behind all the strife and contention in our country. It's not people, it's not it's not the media, it's not other it's the devil who's behind every bit of it. That's who the source is, even in your own household. That's the source. That's who's the one bringing all this in. Because he doesn't do anything, John 10.10 10 says, but come to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's all he's about. And that's what he wants to do. And that's what he loves to do. If he can get in, he'll, he'll, he'll just ruin you. You give him an inch, he thinks he's a ruler. <laughs> <laughs> Even, listen, even if our government legalizes issues that are called sin in the Word of God, should we just accept that and do nothing to oppose it? Absolutely not. We, 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 can't, just, we can't just sit back and watch the world pass by. We can't. The kingdom of God has a moral code. And if we're Christians, if you call yourself a Christian, then you abide by this is the moral code. This is the will of God. You know what the will is? What is a will in our, in our lives, in our personal lives? The will is what you inherit. It's what, what, they, what somebody leaves you. It's their will and testament. And This is what God left us. His Word. He's given us His Word. And in His Word... <laughs> Is what we abide by. This is our moral code. Now if you're not a Christian. Well of course this isn't. And what moral code do you have then? That's the question. So so you know politically. When, when, when people pass laws and things that we don't agree with. As far as, as a Christian believes. Then we have to oppose that. We have to. We have to stand up. For righteousness. Jesus did it in his day. He stood up. He stood up. Why don't we let the leaven of God's kingdom. Affect our thinking and our opinions. Like we've let the leaven of Herod. Affect our thinking and our opinions. The leaven of the kingdom of God. Is for righteousness. And that's that's what we do we've lost the power and even the understanding of the power of the pulpit the church and politics corrupts the character of a people if we remain silent so we can't remain silent there's a there's a god ordained place for government there's a god ordained place for government and it's and i'm not against government i'm not saying that there's a place for politics yes there's a healthy place for healthy civil debate. There's a, there's a place for here's your idea and opinion and, and a policy, and here's our idea and opinion and a policy. And let's debate that in a civil manner. Is anybody against that? Let's debate it in a civil manner. Let's don't, let's don't get elected and right off the bat call the president bad names from the moment the day you got elected you start calling bad names what 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 kind of people listen what kind of people are we empowering in politics what kind of, and see they're getting voted in so we are empowering them whoever's uh, electing these people are empowering them they, they don't have stand for righteousness whatsoever none whatsoever in their lives don't have any reason to Amen. But neither side of us should condone any kind of violence or any uncivil actions. There's a healthy place for government and for politics. And at the end of the day, when we vote, we honor that as a civilized society and a people of a representative republic. We honor that. Whatever the outcome is of the election, we honor that. But we haven't seen any of that honored at all over the last two years on any level on any level and there are certain people that insist until we agree with them and until we yield and until we bow there will be no peace and all and things won't be made right until we empower these people and i don't know about you but i'm praying for an awakening um america needs a great awakening Amen. I, I, I'm not personally going to empower people like that. And uh, I don't care what their party. I don't care what party they're in. I'm not going to empower people who are mean, spirited, and mean people. I'm not going to do it. We can't, as a people of a moral conscience and believers in the Word of God, empower people like that. Amen. I think I'm going to stop there. I think I'm going to stop there and continue next week. How about that? Because I know you guys are getting hungry and I am too. <laughs> but let me... Alright, I'm going to close with this. Wait a minute. I do have... A, let me Let me see because I did have something at the end I wanted to say. My heart... Oh, here it is. My heart is not to be contentious. And, and listen, you as a Christian are never to be contentious with people. I mean, that means you just constantly badgering them or arguing with them. I care that you vote for people based upon your Judeo-Christian principles. That's what I implore you to do when you vote. When we go to the vote box next year or whenever the next election is, vote your Judeo-Christian principles. Amen? Amen. So, let me just say this at the end. I'm, I'm through. In that movie... There's a there's a moment of silence. Just gonna tell you about it because you're gonna know it when you when you see it. But I felt it. I know. We came out and we we just started talking and we just started crying because we knew God was in the midst of that that presence. I've uh, I've never agreed with a public moment of silence. I don't know about you, but I've just never agreed with that because I think we need to say something, you know. But God said it all in this. In this moment of silence, God was speaking. And you'll know it if you have any sense of spirituality in you. When you see that moment in the movie, and there's a few of them, it's not just one, There's a few, few times. You're going to feel the presence of God, and I felt that there, God's speaking to me. In that movie, through that movie, y'all are going to probably say, oh, that's just a silly movie. No, 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 no. It's got an impact. Everything. Look look for things in life that will impact you spiritually because there's God is everywhere. He, he's in the midst of us in all things. Listen. But in that presence, I felt God speaking to me and saying, you know, to me, just love people. Just love people. I kept hearing that. And when you see that moment in the movie, you're going to say it too. God loves everybody. In Him, in Him there is no darkness. He sees the darkness, but the darkness flees when He comes. He knows and He loves people. He loves everybody. In the darkest corners of their life, He wants to come. He wants to pull them out. He wants to set them free. That is the God we serve. That's the God I'm telling you about today. He loves you. In the midst of everything you're in, He loves you. Let's pray. Father, I just pray for you to touch people's hearts today. Help them come to that closer, intimate relationship with you. A face-to-face relationship that you had with Adam. You came and you talked with Adam in the garden. And Jesus came and restored that for us. That's available for us as believers today. Thank you. Thank you for that. Lord, we thank you for that. Do that work in people's hearts today here. May they come to that place of getting away from all the distractions of life, all the interruptions, and just sit with you for a moment. And feel your presence. Speak to us today, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you've never uh, accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today's your day. And He wants to come and set you free. Amen. We're going to have.